Normally on Sunday nights, what we'll do from here is probably just spend a little more time in, in praise, and then I try to get to a message if I if I am I'm able to uh, uh, when we have these uh, Sunday nights of the month. But tonight we're just going to continue to celebrate uh, the the work of the Holy Spirit, His His influence and His empowering in our lives. And tonight, primarily, we're going to do that uh, through testimony. So we, some of you know, many of you know, must maybe, maybe even know that's why you came tonight, is we just had a group that came back from a missions trip to the Philippines. And uh, this particular kind of trip is really uh, less, um, less labor-oriented. Sometimes people go and they build or paint, and those are all very good. This particular trip is such that uh, it's very missional in the like a crusade style evangelism, uh, inviting people to meetings, recruiting them to come, and then presenting presenting the gospel and praying for the sick. Uh, I don't I don't know that they'll explain all of this, but a lot of um, a lot of the region that's not not all the places are the same. Uh, there are, of course, large populous areas in the Philippines, like you know Manila. Some of the big cities are big cities. Some of the modest-sized cities are still crowded cities and urban areas. But it's not. Once you get outside of that, it's just not uncommon for areas in the Philippines to be very much uh, out in the bush, out in the jungle, and it can be very, very uh, historic. Uh, what am I trying to say there? I mean, like ancient. It can be very, like it's out in the jungle out there, and it can be very. Uh, uh, outside of uh, of civilization, and uh, in I don't know for now in Minindao in the southern island, there's still in the, the further south you get the influence of Islam is present. Uh, in the northern parts of the islands, up in uh, uh, the where we where I've also been is there's uh, animism is still practiced up in the jungles. Uh, they're they're still really literally carving uh, carving idols and worshiping beasts. Uh, and then there's another island that they wouldn't let us go to. I wish they did, but there was another li- island that they said, "Oh, you can't go there because that's where the that's this is what this is, this is what they say. This is what they say. You can't go there. That's where the werewolves are." And I said, "Well, let's go there." Uh, they said, "No, no, you can't go there." But uh, um, but they didn't I mean not Mike and the guys, the people at the at the in Manila. They said, "Don't go." Anyhow, but our group just came back not from Werewolf Island, but from uh, but from Minindal, and uh, this. Uh, a few years ago, when my friend Mike Keys, I had been there and met Mike and then invited him to come, and then he said, hey, why don't we have a, a group from your church come and, and do a, participate in one of our, our crusade uh, during, the, during the summer. We have groups that come and do these crusade, organized crusade things, and they, they partner with the, the Bible school there that Mike runs with the Filipino Bible students, and they go out and they do min- this ministry. And Mike said, why? I said, great, Mike, you come, and you can speak and then kind of share what you guys do. And then uh, that Sunday... Uh, he, with a young couple rolled in in their gray Honda Civic, uh, and uh, he said, oh, this is, uh, this is Chris and Linda, they're friends of ours, and, and, and it was sort of, when you first meet people, there's kind of the fog of, oh, okay, great, hi, and, and, uh, and then it was, and then it was some, some, some niceties, people saying, oh, we, Mike said, Mike and Mike said, oh, I enjoyed being here, and Chris and Linda said they liked being here, and I think they might have hosted a table out there or something, like, maybe for Mike. Anyway, and then I, I think you guys popped in again to visit and then maybe another time to uh, do an orientation or something. Anyway, it didn't take long until Chris and Linda became not just, oh, the people that with Mike. Chris and Linda became more and more regular until they, they just said, this is our, this is our church. We want, this is where we want to belong. And, and they quickly became family. And then not, not just because, but they, this, they, they continue to be a part of this trip. Now, this, so this is the second year that we have sent a team to Minidau. 
and, uh, and Chris and Linda have been, been a part of that and really led both times. And so what we want to do is just thank Chris and Linda Lambert for their service, their leadership. Yeah, <clears throat> that was with me, yeah. So uh, you want to grab and say anything? Okay. You, you, okay, well, then, then uh, my Vanna here. Listen, Chris and Linda also celebrated their something wedding, something wedding anniversary there. This, how many? What time? 17 years. Come on up here, both of you. And uh, just, just a small expression of affection, just a card. All it says is happy anniversary. There's no money in it or anything. Just kidding. No. <laughs> anyway, we welcome you guys. And I'm, what we're going to do is, here, this is for you now, okay? And uh, we're ready to rock and roll. So I'm going to just inter- let, let Chris and Linda kind of take it from here. They're going to introduce some things, and they're going to show a video, and then we'll have some testimony in the time of prayer following soon. So if you came with your faith, keep it, keep it warm. All right? Okay. Because testimony is not just for information. It's an invitation to experience. Right? Amen. Amen. Well, let's tell them again. Would you thank Chris and Linda for us again? This was my fifth year of going uh, on the summer missions tour with MKMI. It's Linda's sixth, and I think we've shared this story before, how she went the year before with our daughter-in-law, came home and begged me to go. I had no desire. God worked on me, took me over there, and then just wrecked me. And I can't uh, imagine not going uh, in the summer. So um, I just want to give some statistics for this summer alone. And then we'll uh, launch the video. And then we'll have the team come up and and give some testimonies of of God's great work that he did while we were over there. June, July, and August, three three, uh, summer tours that Mike hosts over at MKMI. A total reached of 6,298 souls. Those are confirmed. We go around the villages and we hand out these little handbills. That's 6,298 people filled these out. So those are, those are actual numbers. Those aren't the people that are standing outside listening to us. Those aren't the, the workers that are across the street working on a, on a little shack listening to us. These are the ones that turned in the the handbills. 5,381 salvations. Two thousand forty eight healings. Again, confirmed. Those are people that we prayed for, that the teams prayed for laid hands on, prayed for them, and God touched them in a significant way that they went up and testified and said, God healed me. Really quick, one lady I prayed for came to me. She couldn't hear. She couldn't speak. Laid hands on her, prayed. Her ears opened. Absolutely. Of course he did. Another testimony real quick, and then we'll run the video. Joey, uh, uh, he was the mission leader of... of, um, Cottonwood Church, now he attends Bethel. He joined our team this year as a surprise. He was praying for a, a lady who had had a stroke. Her face was sagging. She, she was sagging on one side. While he was praying, God did this with her face. 
he felt her face shift in his hands. He pulled his hands away, and he's like, your face is different. And yay, God. I mean, what do you say? What do you say? The video we're going to show is the, is the July tour, or excuse me, the August tour. And, and just for, for our home team, back up. The three, the three summer tours, seven teams, 33 towns. That's how many we reached this summer. In August, our team reached 2,447 people, 1,983 salvations, 1,087 healings. Tell me that heritage doesn't carry something, and I will tell you different. I, I, told, I told Chris he could take it from here, but it's, here's the thing. Uh, it's human nature. If we were to say, uh, if I were to say to you this morning something like this. Uh, at service this morning, it was incredible. Uh, we had, you know, seven people responded uh, to give their lives to Christ. You guys would come out of your, you'd, come out, you'd lose your minds. You'd be like, that's fantastic. How exciting is that? And, and that's good. And that, that makes sense. Oftentimes, because the way our psyche works, the bigger the number, the more foggy it gets. So, he, so, so Chris says, uh, 1,900 people, they, they record, they have, and when he's holding these things up, these are people, they're, they're, they write down, they respond with a card indicating they, they have made a decision to follow Christ. They're not just counting hands, which is fine, but they're not just doing that. They're actually getting cards and responding and collecting these things. So 1,900 people, 1,900 people uh, said, I want to follow Jesus. And we think, oh, that's it. And, and even still, I love you for it. Even still, you're like, oh, okay, interesting. Um, and now, I'm not trying to fault you. I'm just trying to see, can, we, can you lean in and see this? So I thought, well, let me, let me try to, let me try to uh, uh, do the math here. Evergreen High School, the entire population of Evergreen High School, these are just rough numbers, kind of current, are, are, are uh, 1,700 students. Union has 2,000. Hudson Bay, 1,300. Too bad. Uh, uh, <laughs> The closest, Skyview has 1,962 students. All right, so what if I stood up and said every single student at at Skyview High School gave their lives to Jesus Christ last week? There you go. There you go. That's that's the, the shift that occurred in the kingdom because of these sent ones. Because of the work of the Holy Spirit in these sent ones. And I think it's just, let's just give the Lord thanks. Can we do that? Chris, go ahead. Thank you, Pastor. So we took off on Tuesday morning, and we got there on Thursday morning. <laughs> Thursday morning, Mindanao. Um, we started every morning with a devotion with, with Mike, and um, the very first de- devotion, he talked to us about working according to his working. And Colossians 1, 28 and 29, he he read it, and we preach, we teach, and we warn. That's three facets of outreach to the lost. But the power to confirm the preaching, teaching, and warning comes from God, not us. We work in partnership with him according to his working, which works in us mightily. 
and then he, he gave some, some other scriptures, but the key to that, that devotion was our hands are the conduit for the Holy Spirit to flow through us. When I think about that, that these hands are the conduit for the Holy Spirit to flow through me to do God's work. You know, 17 years ago when I married Linda, I was a broken human being. I'd been through divorce. I had two kids, and and I was broken. I could have never in my life imagined that God would restore me and take me to a mission field where I'm laying hands on people and seeing the miracles happen right then and there. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of healing. Our hands are power conduits. And then Mike had us line up in the library, and he walked down and he anointed our hands with the same anointing that he, that, that he was anointed with. And he said, that anoint, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him to anoint our hands for this, for this missions tour. And it is, it is good for the, for the missions tour. God is going to use our hands. But what we do with it when we come home is between us and the Holy Spirit. And my prayer is, God, don't remove that anointing from me. I want to see, I want to see healings take place here in Vancouver, just the same as I saw in Osamis. I want to see healings take place in Oregon, in Washington. I want to see healings take place all around this county, this state. I'm not kidding. When I say heritage carries something, don't try to to change my mind because you won't. I'm a pretty stubborn person. I'm the youngest of four preachers, kids, let me tell you. Thank you, Pastor, for calling us young, by the way, because you and I are the same age. But I want to call the team up. I don't want to take all the time. I want to call the team up and let them share testimony of what God did. We, we laughed. I made them all laugh. I had them all laugh until they about fell out, until we about got kicked out of a chicken restaurant in, in, in Ozama's because of a spa. But we cried. We saw the power of the Holy Spirit move. Come on up, team. Come on. Moms and dads of every one of these young people, you need to be extremely proud because I am. I am extremely proud of this entire team, but especially the young people because they all stepped up. They all let the Holy Spirit minister to them and through them. And you should be extremely proud of your kids. Miss Faith, you get to go first. I walk by faith. Uh, You'll have to excuse my voice. I did lose it yesterday, but I'm slowly regaining it. Um, But this is my second year that I went And it was just incredible to go back and be reminded of how open the Filipino people are. They're just so willing to listen and hear and receive. Um, People, like, in the Crusades, it was about this size of um, 
crusade pretty much every time except for the college, which was several college students. But um, most of these people had grown up Roman Catholic, and so they'd probably never heard the gospel from anyone. These are people living out in, like, the, literally, like, the palm trees. They're harvesting coconuts for a living. Um, they're just living, like, on whatever they can. Um, so when you go... Mike told us that we compel people. We don't ask people to receive Jesus. We compel them. We ask, or we don't ask them to come forward. We tell them to come forward and receive Jesus. And it's amazing to see that about this size of a crusade, everyone would stand up and they would come forward. They wouldn't question it. They would just accept. And they would come forward and they would receive Jesus. And that was so encouraging to see almost every single day. Um, I remember the first crusade, uh, we'd gone out in the morning to invite people to come. And some of us were feeling kind of, you know, like, oh, this is awful. People live like this, and we're so blessed to be, you know, living in great um, our, our wealth and our uh, health care and whatever we have. Um, so they were kind of, you know, down about it, and I was a little down about it too. But then you go to the crusade, and you see the faithfulness of these people, and you see how willing they are. And everybody after the crusade, it was so amazing to see everybody light up and tell about testimonies that they had seen healing and restoration and people that were broken now healed. And it was just an incredible experience to go back and be reminded of how willing people are there, what a need there is there, and how just amazing it was to just see that play out. So that's what I got. <laughs> um, like Chris said, this was my sixth year, and every year I go is like the first time all over again. I am broken every time for just the love for this culture and these people. Um, I'll share one testimony with you. Uh, the last crusade that I was on, um, Every well, back up a little bit. Every day before we, in the afternoon before we get on the bus or the jeepneys, the vehicles to go out, we pray as a team. We pray for 30 minutes in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit language, for the Crusades. So um, this last day, I was at this Crusade, and we had salvation, and then we have the the time of prayer for healing. And there was this one lady that came forward, and my interpreter and I were talking to her, and she said. I don't need you to pray for me. And we're like, okay. And she said, before I came here today, I had severe chest pain. There's something wrong with my heart. When I walked into the crusade, all the pain went away, and I'm completely healthy. And so I, she said, yeah, praise God. She said, I just want to tell you I, I'm healed before you even spoke a word. So I firmly believe that it's those prayers of us praying in the spirit, preparing God, preparing the ground for us to go. And then um, the other thing, I know everybody's going to share testimonies, but I want to say a huge, huge thank you to all of you for supporting us with your prayers, with your finances, with your sacrifices, because we took you with us. It was your prayers and your support that went with us. And also, um, Pastor Dav, there were a few of the alumni students that they brought in to work with us. They remember you. And they said, will you please tell Pastor Dav to come back? We want to see him again. So I'm personally extending that to you, that they remember you. Yeah, they remember you. So anyway, praise Jesus, and thank you all so much for allowing the opportunity for us to go. 
Well, Linda kind of stole my thunder, but I do um, first and foremost want to say thank you to everybody that's um, Those that prayed for us, those that financially helped, that sent us. This was my daughter's and my first time going. Good grief. <laughs> I'm not going to be the same, and I know my kid's not going to be the same. We've both been wrecked for Jesus to see him move, to see him use us. You know, when I went with no expectations. Our first year, we didn't know what to expect, and I was kind of mostly going first apart for Allie and kind of like, well, maybe I should. Maybe God's calling me. I don't know, you know. <laughs> um, so I just, my prayer for him was for him to use me however he needed to. And yet, I still felt unqualified. And he kept reminding me of those people in the Bible that were super unqualified for things to speak. I don't speak in front of people. I'm a background girl at her best. And, and yet I was up in front of people speaking and telling them about Jesus and sharing the light of God with these people and praying over them. And we were meeting them in the villages. And, and, and I remember this one lady. We were out on the coast and, um, in, in the Brangay um, the, the shanties were, like, built up on bamboo, and I'm sorry, but they are not built for American heavy girls. <laughs> not. <laughs> you, going, walking up planks and whatever, and this lady invited me into her house, and my interpreter was like, mm, let me go first and test it. And so he's testing it, and I'm walking on it, and he's like, oh, step here, step, like, guiding me. And I'm like, you know what, forget it. If I fall in, I fall in. <laughs> so I go into this house, and this lady is there, and she's like, I haven't left my house in years. She couldn't walk. She was dizzy and lightheaded and whatever. And so I just felt compelled right then and there to pray for her. And I'm like, can we pray for you? I'm like, I want you to come. I want you to come and hear about Jesus. And, and if you have further healing, I'm like, but I want to pray for you so that you can come. And so she allows and we, you know, do the invitation first, ask and invite Jesus into her heart. And um, which she's so grateful for and whatever. And then I lay my hands on her to pray for her because she was dizzy and couldn't walk and something about l leg weakness or whatever, and then we left. And I was thinking, I, I kept remembering, you know, hearing in the background kind of like, just trust me, I'm faithful. And so I kept trusting him because, you know, nothing was happening, and it could be discouraging, but I was like, no, God, you've got this. And so, by the way, we're swarmed by kids, and I'm in this little shanty that's like creaking and cracking as it is, and all these kids are climbing up the side because they want to see this white lady. Um, <laughs> And they're, they're surrounding me inside this shanty, and I'm like, oh, okay, things are starting to rock, and I'm like, mm, you guys need to get out. So I told them, I'm like, I'll come out and say hi when we get out. So we pray for this lady, and I leave the shanty after we've prayed and everything, and the translator and I, and I get into my backpack, because I remember that Sonia had given me, where is Sonia? Down there. Hi, Sonia. Sonia gave me stickers. First time I used stickers, by the way, and all these kids started swarming us. I think even Evelyn and met, yeah. I think so, you and I, because we were on the side street and whatever. And then I realized as I'm handing out stickers and stuff, the lady is standing at the base of her shanty off the ramp, waving and watching this whole thing happen. It was like the coolest thing. It was so neat. And yeah, and then she showed up at the, um, she showed up at our crusade that afternoon. And the one thing I remembered her asking me was if we had coffee. So I went and raided Linda and Chris's stash of coffee and brought her coffee. And she was just so grateful. The people there are just so joyful and grateful and open-hearted. Like they just, the simplest of things. Like she had a tiny rug, a little janky bed, and a shanty hut that was falling apart. And she was the most joyful 
person I had ever met. And that's how all of the Filipino people were. And they had no expectations of us. They just were so grateful that we even showed up from America to go share Jesus with them. That we cared enough to go into their village and say, Jesus loves you and we want to pray for you. So... I just wanted to say, even though uh, I'm not wearing the shirt, uh, I did definitely go to the Philippines. <laughs> I, I, I definitely didn't uh, accidentally forget it. it was a stylistic choice, to- totally. <laughs> uh, jokes beside, uh, what boggled my mind really was over a thousand healings, and God u- used us, or through us, God healed so many sicknesses, like cancer, tumors, even headaches, stomach aches, anything. And it just made me think about how God can do anything through us. And uh, before I left to the Philippines, I recently heard, the Thursday before, I heard my best friend uh, had an attempted suicide. Uh, it really hurt. When I, was, when I arrived, I was feeling kind of bummed about it, but I just lifted it up to the Lord because I knew I couldn't just be bummed down the whole trip. That wouldn't be beneficial. And back home, I really started to think about how God can do anything through us. When we lift something up to him, he can do anything. We lifted up those people's aches, pains, sicknesses, and he healed them right there in the name of Jesus. Uh, so uh, I really wanted to get to see my friend, make sure he was doing okay. And he, he didn't kill himself by the time I got back. He was alive. Um <laughs> So he came over to my house, uh, we hung out, we played video games, and I, then I wanted to talk to him, so we went into my room, and I just got to, I just wanted to show him a verse that meant a lot to me, it was Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, about how don't worry about anything, instead pray to, pray to God about it, and he'll take care of it, he'll, he'll, you will receive God's peace. And I, I didn't know what he was going through, but I just felt, just felt like I needed to share that with him, that God will take care of anything that happens in your life. Uh, he's my best friend. I couldn't imagine living in a world without him. Uh, and God is using me to bring him closer to Jesus. So the stuff you experience here doesn't just stay in the Philippines. You can bring it home to your friends and family and teach them about God. Uh, so I, I, Sonia said, uh, shared a testimony about her husband that uh, it wasn't for me, but I knew it was for someone else. So I stuck onto it and shared it with my friend. Uh, I, I was just telling him, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. God will always love you and will always provide for you. Uh, I believed I touched him, and I believe God will continue to use me to touch his life. And that's all I wanted to say. Uh, I'm going to share some good news with you. Uh, God has given us dominion over this world. And so when we ask for healing, guess what? You're going to be healed. That's just it. End of story. No questions. And I was praying for this lady, and she had knee pains. And, I mean, it's funny because we were praying, and once we were done praying, my interpreter just looks at me, and he goes, she's healed. And I was like, uh, okay. I was like, I want to celebrate. So I started celebrating. So she, like, grabbed my hand and the interpreter hands, and we were, like, jumping. Like, we were just jumping, and it was, so, it was just such a good thing. And, and uh, like Luke said, it doesn't stay there. Like, I know how this works. You know, a missionary comes, and they tell you all these amazing things, but, but you're just thinking, oh, it's not for us. But it is for you. It is for you. And we have dominion over this world. So if you need healing, you better come up and get healing. 
Okay? And so don't miss this opportunity. Here and now. God will heal you if you ask. Thank you. Okay, so my name's Katie, and I just really wanted to say, like, this is an amazing team, because I've gone for the past four years now, and this team, there's something special about it, and the enemy kept attacking us all. We all kept getting really sick and having to stay at home or stay at the compound and just get um, medicine and stuff, but we all still continued and went out and did God's work, and none of us wanted to stay home. We always wanted to go out and help. And I just really love this team, and there's something special about it. And there is also this one day, it was the first day, and or the second day, but he anointed our hands, like they said. And I was praying over this lady, I've never healed someone, like, automatic, like in front of me that I've known. And they, she was, like, blind, he said, and I prayed over her eyes, and her eyes were closed, and they opened. So that was awesome for me. And definitely, I think this trip definitely changed my life. Because the other trips, I went downhill after, and I think there's something special. I used to listen to really bad music and stuff, and I just, when I got home, I didn't want, I lost, I left all that music that I shouldn't be doing, and I'm trying to start fresh, and yeah, thank you. So, going into the trip, I didn't really have any expectations, because it's my, it my first time going, and I haven't really been... Well, I, I only started going to church when I started dating her. It was like three months ago. <laughs> and so I had no expectations. I, had, I hadn't gone to church in like six or seven years. And, you know, I love you people. Yeah. Pastor Dav, you're pretty cool. And um, <laughs> um, so the first day, Mike, he said, if you, will, you will not leave the same person you came in as. And I was like, well, you're going to wave your magic wand. I'm going to be a changed person. I don't believe you. And then, like, fast forward 10 days later, and I'm literally crying on the table because I don't want to go home. And so, during the trip, I, I never really saw any healings right in front of me, except for one day. And so, the day before this happened, Mike asked, he said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, have you been, like, do you know how to pray in tongues? And I said, no, I don't know what that is. And so, he said, okay, tomorrow's devotional will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And so, that's what we did. <laughs> um, <laughs> during during the devotional, Mike asked. He said, um, <laughs> "He said, um, raise your hand if you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit." And so, like four of us did, and they made a circle around us, and they're like, "Just start praying in tongues. Just start speaking the holy language, and start just speaking speaking the heavenly language." That's what that's exactly what Mike he said. He said, "Just just say what your heart tells you to say." Tells, and so. That's what I did. And so before, let me just say this room was very well air conditioned. And so I was, pr- I was praying in tongues. I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was doing what he said. I was speaking from the heart. So we were staying in the circle and I had a bunch of hands on me and I started getting really hot, like really, really hot. And so I was, I was like, who turned off the AC? I was dripping sweat, like from my, my hair, like I was just covered. It was, it was, it was bad. And so I, w- <laughs> I was looking around, and, like, nobody else was sweating. I looked at Chris, I looked at Mark, I looked at Katie, and nobody was sweating. And I was like, is it just me? And so, I, like, as we were leaving, um, I was like, is, like, did someone turn off the AC? And Bill, he was like, that's the fire of God, man. <laughs> and so that, that kind of just, just stuck with me. I was like, I mean, it must have been, because that room was pretty chilly. 
And then later in the day, actually, um, we d- we had a crusade, and this guy he had a knee brace on. And he said he had been in an accident, and he had a bunch of holes in his knee. It was kind of nasty. He has he had a scar and a bunch of scabs, and it was bad, and he was limping. And so I prayed over his knee, and I was just like, just heal, and replace the old with the new, and fix everything, right? And so later in the service, I turned and looked, and he had his knee brace off, and he was in the back, and he was bending his leg, and he was jumping up and down. And it, it just made me feel really good. And it's just amazing to see how eager they are for God because you don't really see that here. You go up to somebody's door and you say, like, come to our crusade, and they slam the door on your face. But there they, they'll, they'll invite you into their home, and they'll tr- sometimes they'll try to offer you stuff. And it's kind of crazy that they're so willing. And I, I just loved it. It's my first time going, and I'm definitely going next year. I loved it so much, and yeah, it was, it was awesome. I just want to start off by saying I'm pretty sure the Filipinos are the happiest people I've ever met, even though they're pretty much living in nothing. Like, I, the first crusade that we went to, the people were so happy just to get a hug or a picture. Like, they had pretty much nothing. And when I went, I shared my healing testimony with people. And it was so amazing to see the amount of people who wanted to come up to get healing. Like, it was insane. I had, I physically got to feel and watch tumors shrink under my hand. I got to see backs healed that hadn't been healed for years. It, it was amazing. And yes, I'm glad to be home, but I'm also glad to be going back next year. Uh, this is also my second year. This is my second year coming to the Philippines. And, I mean, I have, of course, I just had a really great time. And it was a lot different than last year, but also there were a lot of similarities. And the biggest thing that I was reminded of, kind of like what she was saying, was um, the openness of the, the heart of the Filipino. And I think, so obviously we have these handbills, right? And I think the first year I thought that that was the most, like, out of my comfort zone thing because we've canvassed here even, like, in these neighborhoods. And it's kind of like, look for the no soliciting sign and then turn away. And then if there's no no soliciting sign, just really hope that they're nice, even if they say no. Um, But it's just such a different, there's like, there's no no soliciting signs. There's no, and there's not even like, oh, that house looks kind of shady. Maybe we should keep walking. It's like, that house looks shady. We just got to step over all of these bushes to get to it. And it's, it's just such a different atmosphere and such... And so, you know, last year I think they gave me these handbills and I can't read anything on them because obviously they're not in English. And I remember last year, like that first day, I felt so overwhelmed. I was sent out with like an interpreter that I didn't know. And I was just supposed to say something that sounded right and they were supposed to say it back to this person. And I was, it was, I kind of used the handbill as a crutch. And I kind of did the same thing this year of like, I'm going to say like kind of a a good thing, but then they're going to say it better and then it's going to be written down better. And, 
because last year we had like the same interpreters most of the time and this year I had it just worked out differently where I had a completely different interpreter every single time that I went out so there was no like oh now we we know how each other works he knows how I talk so it was very different and one of the days we didn't have the handbills <laughs> one of the days lovely Christian forgot <laughs> to, 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 to give the handbills and we're walking down and we were like oh man so what that left us was like me and this interpreter that I just met to go out and just talk to people without any like here look at this this will explain you know I don't have to give you too much information it was like you got to give them all the information and make sure that they come and that was the day that uh, I talked to the most people because that was the day that we were stopping motorcycles and, yeah. and getting in front of the road and, and talking to people. And, and it was one of my favorite days because it was, it was the most out of my comfort zone that I had been. But it felt so natural to just walk, you know, into people's houses and just start just talking to them and not relying on like a, hello, I'm from America. I would like to invite you to a healing crusade <laughs> and then wait for them to say the thing. Like I had to have a real like conversation and, and not hide behind um, a habit, you know, and then uh, the last day, for, for me, the last crusade day when we did have the handbills, um, that was a really cool thing because we were handing them out and we're all spread out down the road and at one point my interpreter and I, we, we give the handbills to this lady and she's really excited and she's really happy and super sweet and I don't know what she's saying and my interpreter can't even like translate fast enough so we're just kind of keep walking and she keeps following us so she'll like follow us she'll get some more she'll get some more of the handbills and then start walking away and then start coming back and I was like I really don't know what's happening why does she keep doing this so finally like my translator she talks to her for a little bit and then just gives her the thing that we had like the whole thing because she yeah she like lived in a slightly different area she had visited and she wanted to go invite all of her neighbors to the thing and that was really cool so I was just reminded at how like amazing their heart is, and it was it was great to be pushed out of my comfort zone. So, do we see his? Okay, um, I'm Evelyn, and uh, um, I am from the Philippines. I haven't been back um, for 21 years, and that part of my life kind of got shut, you know, my, the passion for my homeland. And when Sonia asked me to join the team, um, God started stirring something inside of me, uh, a passion for my people. And um, when we got there, I was just overwhelmed by the hunger. And even though they don't have much, um, they are really hungry for God. I think the simpler a life is, the more you need God. And there's no um, um, distractions, nothing, no cell phones, nothing that could tear you away from your devotion to God. So when they accept Jesus, they go like full on and they just drop to their knees and they just praise and worship God. And when they get healed... Um, the man that was up there that had the arm problem, he couldn't, his, his profession was carpentry and he couldn't even handle a hammer. And after I prayed for him, he was just, he was just bawling in tears and he was raising his hand and he got back to his seat and he was just going like this, like, <laughs> I can't believe it, you know? So somebody, Joey videotaped him and somebody translated that he really, like, 
he, everything got healed and he can go back to work and support his family. So, like, God is, has really used our hands to, to bring on the power of the Holy Spirit to those people. And we just pray a simple prayer. It's just by Jesus' stripes, you were healed, and we receive your healing right now in the name of Jesus. You move on to the next one, and these people are just, like, getting healed one right after the other. And it's not, like, one or two people. It's like a thousand people got healed, you know. So God has just, his power just fell, through, fell down on us as we were, uh, as we were uh, being used by him. But I think for me, the most um, significant time was my kids being filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in tongues. And I just, Lord, I said, I can't, it can't get any better. <laughs> you know, like, I couldn't believe that God answered every cry of my heart. And so, that's just so happy. <laughs> So I'm going to actually share two testimonies. One is what I saw in the field, and another is about my brother. Um, so I grew up in the church, um, and I had always heard stories of people going to places and praying for people, and oh my goodness, they're healed miraculously right there. But that had never happened for me, and so I just kind of thought, oh, I guess, I guess that's not for me, you know? And I went into this thinking, missions just isn't for me. Like, this will be fun, and this will probably change my heart a little bit, but missions isn't for me. And I was, I was wrong, definitely wrong. I, I, oh, I've been wrecked to my very core because of this trip. Um, I think it was the second day. Well, the first day I was so scared and so nervous to just go out and talk to people like how Emily was explaining it. It was like you go so out of your comfort zone. You kind of just talk to someone that you see or you like go to their house and you're like, hey, come to this thing over here by this mango tree. <laughs> like you don't really have any set thing at all. And I was so scared. Um but after seeing everything that had happened on the first day and seeing how people were just being changed and healed, um, I was just filled with so much encouragement. And so on the second day, I was ready to be out there and I was ready to go. And I was, you know, trying to invite as many people as I could. And on the second day, we were praying for people for healing. And I prayed for somebody and she had a stroke and she couldn't hear and she couldn't speak. And I was praying for her, and she just starts bawling because she can hear now. And she just kept saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was like, no, God, like, thank God. Um, and so that has, like, I didn't really, I knew there was, like, power in prayer, but I didn't know that there could be, like, that great of a power in prayer. And it's just changed the way that I see things. Um, and then for my brother... I haven't been really close with my brother, especially in terms of how we kind of talk about church and the Bible and God, because we don't. And we hadn't really um, coming up to this trip. And so I've, I've been praying for him, and I've been praying that we would kind of develop our relationship more. And Towards the end of the trip, he came up to me and he said, hey, can we talk? And I was like, yes, of course. I've been trying to talk to you for like four days. Um, 
and he asked me if I could help him stay more grounded. And that was just the biggest answer to a prayer that I've had for, I can't, I can't even remember how long. And so I know that this trip meant so much to everyone there, uh, every person that we saw, every person that we talked to, and it changed their lives, but it also changed all of ours. And I can't wait for at least us three to go back next year. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. Don't leave us out. Gosh, we invited you. Now you're kicking us off the team. I wanted to share just some quick testimonies that you, your hands, I gave Pastor Dab a little bit of soil from Mindanao um, to gift to Heritage Church because your feet were there too. And I don't know if you noticed in the video, but there was Muslims raising their hands. There was 20 Muslims at our, one of our meetings, 20. 20 Muslims singing, dancing, uh, Faith and <coughs> Emily uh, played music for them and they were rocking out to their song if um, you see the video. But that was amazing, and there's two churches that are going to be started because of the work that we did in Mindanao. There was enough uh, interest in those towns where Pastor Mike uh, Keys actually raises Bible leaders. He has a Bible college there that he raises up local leaders so that when he needs a pastor, he's got one trained up um, in the Bible very strongly. So he's actually going to be sending two of his pastors to two of the towns that we visited just because we went and were able to find out there was enough interest for the word of God. I want to also thank you for praying because you just don't realize the power of what that is. We had a 12-hour ride one day. We had a very long day one day. We took a ferry, and, and the driver of our jeepney actually had a seizure the next day. Had that happened the day that we were doing that 12-hour drive, let's just say um, a lot of us were on that jeepney. And I don't say that to scare you. I say that to praise God for your prayers because they intervened in the situation. When you're at home praying, thinking that you're not part of this trip, you are covering us with the blood of Jesus. And I just want to say thank you for that. That was really an amazing show of God's hand. We had smooth... uh, transition through the airport the july team had all kinds of problems happen but we had a smooth transition through every part of the airport and all of the travel so thank you once again the team received a compliment from another member from iowa said this was the best team that he'd ever worked with he said that everybody stepped up to do whatever needed to be done and he noticed that himself there was no drama pastor daff prayed for us before we left no drama because drama you lose the initiative It becomes about you, not about God anymore. And even though, like uh, Katie or someone said, everybody got sick. Katie got a burn on the leg. Uh, Deborah had a fever. Uh, The girls had upset stomachs. And none of them focused on themselves. They all gave it up to the Lord, pushed past their discomforts, and kept the initiative to glorify God. And that is a credit to Heritage and the team and everyone. The last... Last testimony I want to share is a personal one. I've, this is my fifth year going to Mindanao. And one of the towns that I went to, I had never heard of people being charged for prayers. We were going to this one last little house. There was a man walking his caribou around, and we invited him. We gave him our little flyer, our little speech. And at the end of it, we asked him if he, if I, I always ask him, do you need prayer right now? 
And that's when he asked if it cost money for prayer, to which I was completely devastated when I found out he had a dying wife in his house. Her kidney was shutting down. It was dissolving. And this man didn't think of being able to go for prayer because some lie had come into his village and his town that prayers cost money. And I can't tell you how angry it made me that this poor man who can't probably rub two pennies or pesos between his fingers did not know that we have a God that died, that all his gifts are good and free from above. Just to find, for you to send me to find that one little person to tell him about the good news, it was worth it. I'll tell you what. And that's the same town where they're going to be starting a church. That was you guys. God bless you. So just to wrap up, God worked in a miraculous way through Team Heritage. And we're ready to go back next year. The dates, the dates are set. August 11, 11 through 21. We're all, we're all ready, amped and ready to go again. But we got work here to do at home. There are people here in this auditorium right now that need prayer. There are people in here that are believing for healing. There are people in here believing for financial freedoms. There are people in here believing for fill in the blank. We serve a great big God that wants to answer those prayers. All we have to do is ask. It's already done. The healings have already been paid for. 2,000 years ago on, a, on Calvary's cross. He already paid the price. All you have to do is step out in faith. Every one of us stepped out of our comfort zones. I know I've made light of not wanting to go because I didn't feel called to go because I've been in Worn toward countries. I've been shot at. I've been blown up. I did not want to go to a third world country. But God knew. I stepped out of my comfort zone. One thousand nine hundred and eighty-three people are going to heaven just from us stepping out of our comfort zone. 1,087 people and counting have been healed. Are you ready to receive your healing? Our team is ready to pray. We've been praying for 10 days, itching to come home to pray. Because we want to see miracles take place here, right here at Heritage. We want to see the lost come home. We want to hear the mamas and daddies' cries answered. God, bring my children home. I have a brother that isn't serving God. He's so far down the path. 
living a life of homosexuality. I want to see him come home. I want to see my sister who lost her son at 22 years old to a head-on car crash. I want to see her released from that grief. I want to see her come home. It doesn't take some 20-year Bible degree. It just takes one person to step out of their comfort zone and say, here I am, God. Use me. And that's what these guys did. Every last one of them. We could, we could go on all night long with the testimonies of what God did in our own lives and what God did in the Filipino people. But it's all just summed up as here I am. Use me. Pastor, where'd you go? Let's do this, friends. Let's stand together across the house. This is how we'll close tonight. We won't have a, a formal dismissal necessarily beyond this. But here's the deal. If you'd like prayer tonight, and I mean it, if we need, let's, let's pray. If you need the Lord to touch your body, you need that you have a need in your family, in your home, or in your own, your own body, let's pray. Okay? Uh, if, you're, if you've come tonight saying, you know what? I, uh, I'm hungry for the touch of the Holy Spirit in my life. Great. This is a perfect night. That's why we're here. Why don't you come from where you are? Let's just, let's just form a prayer line right now. Good. Let's do this. Right across the front. Let's just form a prayer line right across the front. And, and these that have, that have, that have been, we'll, we're going to just turn the team loose tonight just to pray over you. And uh, they know exactly what they need to do. And uh, we're just going to let them pray. And this is it. So it's seven, about 740. If you'd like prayer, come on up. Come on up. Just that, and uh, and I'll, I'll have some of, my, some of my prayer folk, Ray and others, and, and Leon, kind of hover around. Just kind of cover before and behind them, okay? This is, our instruments are just going to play and serenade the presence of the Lord. If you have to slip out, you certainly can. But otherwise, let's just conclude this evening taking as much time as we need for the ministry of prayer.